Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. LeBron is keeping his talents in L.A. for a few more years. Can the New Orleans Saints go anywhere meaningful with a question mark at quarterback? And the Chargers just solidified the part of their defense that is elite. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. LeBron James staying in L.A. at least for now on a two-year $97 million extension, which coincidentally still leaves open the possibility of playing with his son, Bronny. Joining me now from Locked on Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And, and Andy, there has been some discussion, some burbling murmurs about LeBron wanting to be somewhere else. Trade, should the Lakers trade LeBron James? How much does this contract put to bed those rumors, at least in the short term? It puts it puts to bed a lot. I mean, it, it offers a lot of clarity, at least moving forward in the next couple seasons. It allows Rob Palinka to try to make the moves that we know he's looking to make. And by moves, I mean trade Russell Westbrook. But to be able to do that from a position of, at, at minimum, neutral, as opposed to disadvantage with you know trade partners being able to try to hold LeBron's lingering extension that hadn't happened over his head and maybe get that you know coveted second uh, of the first-round picks of the Lakers' control through 2030. They have their 2027-2029. Those are the only two that they have complete control over. So, and, and the Lakers, by multiple reports, and I think very understandably, have been reluctant to move both of those unless they absolutely have to, or the deal is really just good enough. But now they will at least, I think, feel a little less theoretical pressure to make a move that they don't necessarily feel confident about, but they feel like they have to do in order to dazzle LeBron. So essentially what you're saying is this provides more runway for the team to say, okay, it doesn't have to have to be this year. Of course, we're the Lakers and we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. We'd like to compete for a title, but it changes the calculation when it comes to whether it's taking on assets or making a trade that is not some home run deal to try and make this team incrementally better. It opens up that runway a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I just think it gives them more optionality in terms of making moves that really make sense as opposed to making moves for the sake of appeasing LeBron or just looking like they're doing something. Like, I, I hear a lot of Laker fans saying, like, you know, just move Russell Westbrook for no matter what. I don't care what the return is. Just get him off the roster. And I understand where they're coming from. I understand why they're upset by his presence. Everything went very badly last year. A lot of fans weren't particularly excited about the move to begin with, but you still, the Lakers are a team with very limited assets and that's like a sugar rush. You're going to feel good in the moment, but a few days are going to pass and you'll realize, oh, we just traded Russell Westbrook and added first round picks to this and we made a sideways deal at best. And that doesn't really help anybody in the short or the long run. So I, I feel like the Lakers are just, to whatever degree they were concerned about, you know, uh, the the next domino falling being the thing that uh, prompts LeBron to sign his extension, and for what it's worth, I don't think they actually were that worried about it. But if they were, that has been put to rest. 
There's also this report that Rob Palenka is still looking to make trades, not necessarily involving Russell Westbrook, to add pieces to this team, to add a shooter or two with the understanding that LeBron teams tend to be best when you have the floor spread and you can get to shooters off driving kicks. Anthony Davis um, has regressed as a shooter as well. So is there a move out there that you think makes sense on the margins to improve this team a little bit? Well, you know, it's the Lakers are in a really interesting position right now because so many of the teams and players they're connected to in these rumors, they have bigger pieces that have to have resolution first before the Lakers might have an opportunity to make those moves. Stay up to date on the Los Angeles Lakers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Lakers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, can Jameis Winston really lead the Saints to a playoff win? If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. It's cookie dough. I just bought myself a box along with the brownie batter puffs. Both of them are unbelievable. These things, I don't know how they do it with the protein-infused marshmallow center, the chunks of the delicious flavors, the, the cookie dough chunks or the brownie batter chunks covered in 100% real chocolate, and yet they hit the macros you're looking for. We're talking about 160 calories in these things, and yet they they deliver the protein that you're looking for, 15 grams of protein. It's like a candy bar, but better because it's actually fueling your body. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 at Built.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers met via Zoom on Monday and began a discussion that could reshape the future of college sports. Reports are that the board of managers briefly discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The most logical place for the sport to be run outside of the NCAA would be under the auspices of the CFP, which was discussed on the call. The College Football Playoff Board of Managers consists of presidents from all 10 major conferences and Reverend John Jenkins of Notre Dame. This is seen as the first step in a proverbial marathon. So nothing is imminent, but everything is interesting. What was initially reported as routine appears to have been something more for Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. In his first news conference since his appendectomy on July 26th, Burrow said his appendix ruptured, which prompted the surgery. While Burrow says he is not expecting to play in either of the Bengals' remaining preseason games, he isn't worried. We have a good plan as far as nutrition and weight room and all that stuff. I feel good right now and just going to keep feeling better, he said. Doctors permitted him to start tossing footballs two weeks after the procedure, according to Burrow. He participated in his first practice this past Sunday. The Bengals need Joe Cool on the field if they want to try and get back to the Super Bowl. The Texas Rangers are not done shaking things up after letting their manager go. Rangers president of baseball operations John Daniels was also fired on Wednesday. He was the general manager of the Texas Rangers for their only two World Series appearances more than a decade ago. His 17 years leading the club ended with a string of really bad seasons. Bottom line is, we're not good, and we haven't been good for six years. This is Rangers owner Ray Davis. To be competitive going forward, I felt that we needed to make a change. 
Current general manager Chris Young now assumes oversight of all aspects of the team's baseball operations department. In a letter sent to Live Golfers on Wednesday, CEO and Commissioner Greg Norman said the new circuit, by any fair and objective and impartial review, should be awarded official World Golf Ranking points for its events in the very near future. Norman wrote that Live Golf's inclusion in the World Golf Rankings point system is necessary for the integrity, accuracy, and fairness of those rankings. In the letter, Norman noted that based on the OWGR system in place at the time, the first three live events would have had better strengths of fields than two competing tournaments on the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour's John Deere Classic. PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan is one of the eight members of the Board of Governors at the OWGR, and there's been speculation PGA Tour and others will fight hard to prevent Live Golf from awarding OWGR points, or in fact, it is the other way around. OWGR awards the points, live, they want them. And over on the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds avoided being swept by the Philadelphia Phillies with good pitching and a walk-off hit. Jose Barrero is clutch, and the Reds pitching was amazing on Wednesday. What's up? This is Jeff Carr from the Lockdown Reds podcast, and the Cincinnati Reds avoided the sweep because sometimes one run is all you need. Nick Lodolo set them up for beautiful success with the longest and really the best start of his rookie season. Seven innings of shutout ball absolutely kept the Phillies guessing. Sure, they had a few hits here and there, but it was a lot of weak contact. A lot of those just, oh my gosh, lucky type hits. And then Alexis Diaz, oh my goodness, eighth and ninth inning, 17 total pitches, three strikeouts, perfect eighth and ninth for Alexis Diaz. And then with two on and two out in the bottom of the ninth inning, Jose Barrero delivers with a single up the middle that scores Albert Almora from second. You love to see it. That's the kind of confidence boost that really Jose Barrero and and all of us that have been watching him have been looking for. And you saw the elation in the postgame celebration as Jim Day tried to interview him. And then he got doused with Gatorade and he got doused with water. And it kind of took, it, it took Jose a second to collect himself and be able to talk about the game because he was just so happy. There was an outpouring of joy from Jose Barrero. You love to see that. We're going to talk about that with Connor Thomas from the Locked On Phillies podcast in a post-series recap crossover on the next Locked On Reds. You're not going to want to miss it. Here is another story you need to know. Aaron Rodgers wasn't just complaining about his receivers this week in joint practices with the New Orleans Saints. There was another team on the field, another team that thinks it has a good chance to be a playoff team. So joining me now from Green Bay, the man who was there covering it for Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson. And, and Ross, this is a Saints team. We've talked about it this offseason. They feel like they are ready to go for it yet again. This is just what the Saints do every year. But questions at quarterback, Jameis Winston dealing with the injury, Andy Dalton there now. Taysom Hill, the break in case of emergency quarterback in there somewhere with Ian Book. So is this team, which we saw be outstanding defensively in joint practices, is the defense good enough to carry it to a playoff berth and be a real contender? I think so. Uh, Carrying it to a playoff berth for sure, yes. I I think that this New Orleans Saints defense can be one of its best defenses, right? One of the best defenses in New Orleans that we've seen in a long time. And we, I, I know that they lost guys like 
Marcus May and excuse me, Marcus Williams and, uh, and Malcolm Jenkins. But when you can replace those guys with Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, you're in a really good situation, especially when you have a defensive coordinator and now head coach like Dennis Allen, who wants to have as much multiplicity and versatility as possible. Those two safeties may end up being a better fit for what it is that Dennis Allen wants to do. Not that they're better safeties, you know, position to position or one-to-one, but in terms of what the scheme is, it might be a better fit for what they're looking for. So obviously all of this stuff has to play out on the field, but on paper, this defense should be able to be one that like last year can overcome some of the, any, any deficiencies that might be over on the offensive side. This is a team that, Won games with Trevor Simeon at quarterback last year. Won games with Taysom Hill at quarterback last year. Couldn't win a game with uh, Ian Book on the field last year, but that had more to do with the fact that literally no one else on that team was on the field last year for that game. And so I think that this is a team right now or a defense right now led by Cameron Jordan and Tyron Matthew. And of course, my opinion, the Saints' best player on their roster, Demario Davis, that can win games based upon its defense and an offense that has enough talent to get those one or two plays that you need in order to win games on Sundays. Yeah. The saints just plus three thirty-five to win the NFC South. I, I kind of love that by the way, at bet online, <laughs> uh, the offense has also restocked. Michael Thomas mm-hmm. is back and looks a lot like slant. God, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave has come in and, and looked every bit the first round pick. And so they built a team with Alvin Kamara that is not quarterback proof by any means, but is going to ask theoretically less of the quarterback. So that's the question that I want to know from you. How much do they need from whatever conglomeration of quarterbacks, the Winston Dalton book uh, law firm, how much do they need from those guys to actually compete in the NFC? I was wondering if you were going to go with something about the, the law firm throwing the book at them for, for mm. a second there. Um, uh, the irony Jameis- being Ian Book, not great at reading defenses. Continue. <laughs> um, Jameis Winston, 17 games of Jameis Winston should allow this New Orleans Saints offense to do what it needs to do. Because I, I agree, I wouldn't call the team the roster quarterback proof. I don't think any roster around the NFL is. But I do think that it's quarterback friendly. Right. It's one that doesn't ask a lot of the quarterback because you have a zone run scheme that is kind of self-sufficient. As long as you can keep the offense offensive line healthy, you have guys like Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram who read those extremely well, understand the idea of bang, bounce and 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 uh, and uh, what's the other one? Bang, bounce and bend. You know, like they get the idea of what it is that they're supposed to be doing. Almost lost that one uh, on, you know, in those in that run scheme. And that's a team that that's what that team wants to be. They want to be a run heavy team but at the same time when you have guys like michael thomas who back in 2019 if you take all of his slant yards away by the way he's still 1400 plus yards and leads the nfl in receiving yards just a just a note but then you get to you know adding uh jarvis landry who seemingly doesn't do anything but yet somehow creates three to four yards of separation every time that he gets the opportunity coming out of a break i mean it's incredible (laughs) the way that he does it uh chris olave who you know is this player that has you know this incredible footwork and you can it's a hard time getting hands on him at the line of scrimmage has this incredible long speed that you can use not only downfield, but across the field. There's enough there over on the offensive side to say you have all of these weapons that are available to you in the passing game, but you also have this solid run game and one of the NFL's best all purpose running backs who had 80 plus catches in his first few seasons, which is one of the reasons why I think that when Aaron Rodgers talks about having two backs that could 
possibly get 50 receptions. I don't think that's that crazy because we're watching, you know, Alvin Kamara go over for 81 catches for each of his first three seasons at 83 the season after that. And so I think that it is, I think it's a, it's a roster right now over on the offensive side that's built itself in such a way that even if Jameis Winston does have some struggles, there's enough there on the defensive side, as well as at those skill positions to help make the plays that need to have that you need to make in order to win games. Stay up to date on the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Saints podcasts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, the Chargers locked up a key piece of their future. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Here are some futures for the aforementioned LA Chargers. The Bolts are second in the AFC West odds to win it. Bet Online has them at plus 225 to overtake the Chiefs. And the Broncos, the over/under on Chargers wins this year, ten and a half. And Bet Online actually has the over plus one ten, an interesting one there. But the Bolts' chances at making the playoffs look good. Bet Online has their odds at making the postseason minus one seventy. Bet Online, where the game starts. After holding in for a bit, Derwin James finally got a contract extension with the LA Chargers, and it is a big one. Daniel Wade and David Drogemeyer cover the Bolts every day on Locked On Chargers. And they know the importance of James to this defense. They have made a lot of improvements defensively. And we'll talk about, you know, that core four that they have locked up later in the show. Now for this, you know, three-year window of just having these dudes on defense, trying to fix one of the worst defenses in the league. But it's just different with Derwin James out there. For his, like, They could be really good with the guys they have without Derwin James. I don't know if they could be great. I don't know if they could be elite without somebody like Derwin James on the back end. They can't be as multiple, Daniel. They just cannot yeah. play the the exotic style of defense that they want to play without sure. Derwin there because Derwin can move all over the place, which means that you can get the matchups in place that you really want. If you need a, a bigger corner on the outside, you have that. If you have a guy that, you know, you have a, a dominant tight end that you need to erase, Derwin James can step in and erase that tight end. That's just what uh, that's what this signing that's what this player allows you to do it allows you just to, to do so much more things and be the multiple defense that Brandon Staley and the Chargers want to run yeah I mean there's no other player on the Chargers defense who could like you could realistically make a case that he could play any position on the Chargers defense except for probably defensive tackle <laughs> right like uh, besides and like I'm not even going to rule that out but yeah. like every other position yeah, I'm like hands up like confident that he could go be the Chargers edge rusher or their oh, linebacker yeah. or a starting corner. I think he'd be a really good one. Oh, yeah. But to me, I think this is also so important because the last thing that you want in these important windows that you have right now with the guys that you have signed is to have him going into this season disgruntled, right? With everything yeah. he's brought to your team, you don't want that dude heading in with important. any sort of ill will towards your team or any sort of bad feelings about it. You just got all of that out of the way. Everyone can feel happy now. This defense can start to come together because they hadn't been doing walkthroughs together. We hadn't seen them doing full team drills with everything going full speed. Unfortunately for the Cowboys, now they get to see it up close <laughs> and personal this You've week. You've had a cage Derwin James that's about to be unleashed. If you're going to build a superstars and scrubs kind of team, which is what the Chargers are more or less doing, you have to pay your stars. You have to keep your star players, and the guys that you pay have to work out. If you're going to bring in big-name free agents like J.C. Jackson, those guys need to hit. Your stars have to be your stars. And when you have a young player like Derwin James, who has had injury issues, it's not like this was a total no-brainer. 
that he's going to stay healthy and be a superstar for the next five years. You have a responsibility to your team and to that player to do everything you can to keep those kinds of guys. He helps them at a place their defense is now incredibly strong, that they improve this offseason, and that works in a complementary factor to the other investments that they've made with guys like Khalil Mack in the front. This is a Chargers team trying to go all in, taking advantage of a quarterback like Justin Herbert who is on his rookie deal. These are the moves you have to, have to make. And the Chargers have done it. And finally, the New York Mets called up one of their top prospects to fill in for an injured Eduardo Escobar and Brett Beatty did more than occupy a roster spot. Batting eighth, he blasted a two-run home run in the second inning to give the Mets a 4-0 lead against the Atlanta Braves. Aside from his family's reaction, who all flew in from Texas at a moment's notice to see their son's debut, this is just another example of the magic the Mets seem to have this year. A key player goes down with injury, and the rookie takes his place, delivers a big home run to help win it. Mets fans, could this actually be the year? Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, what to expect from the second wave of NFL preseason games. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.